This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 61, Prayer Matters, with Michelle Shumway. Welcome back. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Should we ever change that intro? Like change my last name? (laughs) Like change the words. I don't know. Maybe you should say, we're Becky squared. (laughs) I'm guessing you don't love that idea. (laughs) I mean, it's fine. We'll see. Someday something new will fly out of our mouths and it'll just happen. Stop it. It'll be natural. Well, today it's more than Becky squared because we have with us Michelle Shumway, who we will introduce here in just a moment. Um, She will introduce herself as well. But, oh my goodness, I love this girl so much. We seriously love Michelle Shumway. Hey, you know... Her goodness. Well, her goodness, but let's get to like the nuts and bolts here. Yeah. You've seen our hot bods on Instagram and those red (laughs) swimsuits that Becky and I love. Michelle is such a talented designer and really... She is. She is one of those people you meet that you're like, this person is so light filled. I cannot help but be happier by just being in her proximity. Here's the crazy thing. This is going to sound really judgmental, but the first time I met Michelle quite a long time ago, she's just one of those girls that when you see her, it is, it's kind of like perfection. I mean, she is, (laughs) she's pretty stunning. She's stunning. She is beautiful. And she's just, she looks like she's radiating in all Mm -hmm. the ways. And so I don't want to say that it's an intimidating thing but it's like a do I even relate to this person right because <laughs> like, she just is just shockingly gorgeous and also sweet but you spend five and a half seconds with her and you want to be a better person because she is so light filled mm-hmm. like you said and she is so sweet and kind and it's genuine yeah it she is. is the real deal she is the real deal I'll also say as a little precursor to this episode that we are about to share with you that there were some tears and I was not expecting that because I keep it together on you the show. You generally do. I generally do. I have feelings. I have, I feel right. the feels and I feel emotions bubble to the surface sometimes, but the way this conversation went was just very, very heartfelt. And we hope that as you listen to the dialogue that we have with Michelle and as she shares her insights and we share some of our own personal experiences with prayer that as always, you feel those things that are personal for you. We fully recognize that some of you have probably not offered a prayer of any kind in maybe a few decades or ever or ever in your entire life. And Mm -hmm. some of you are like, I got this. I got this. I am a prayer, right? right? I got this in my life. So no matter where you are, we hope that you do find value in the conversation. Shall we read one of the iTunes reviews that has well, been left? Well, sure. All right. So this one is 1% more. I think that's the na- her handle. Ooh, 1% she say? more. Um, so the title I will say is Perfect Podcast. Oh, I don't know about well, that. Well, hey now. <laughs> I try not to use the word perfect because it feels unattainable and comes with so much pressure to succeed. However, this podcast is perfect for me. I found it at a time in my life while looking for motivation to help parent better, wife better, and care for myself better. I love the inspiration, suggestions, insights, and tools I receive every time I listen. Every time? Does she really mean that? Every single time? Every time. Oh, I wonder if she listened to the episode with Crew and Lucy. She got. <laughs> Man, if, if you can feel something every single time, I will say that you're in good company with us because that's what Becky and I feel every yeah. single time because we recognize that some of the things that come out 
of our mouths. It's just not us and it's not about us. We just feel like that is the goal that we're aiming for every time is to kind of get out of our own way Yep. and um, say the things that need to be said in ways that sometimes we're not even expecting. And so when you, when you guys DM us or tag us or leave your iTunes review or email us or reach out in any way, can't even tell you enough how much that matters and how much it means to us and how much it motivates us to keep going. 61 and counting. Whoop, whoop. So much fun. All right, let's hear it. a quick word about this week's sponsor. If you listen to our podcast often, you know that I reapply my lip gloss before we record every single time. It's a little bizarre because clearly you can't see me, but the reason I do it is because it gets me in the zone. It's crazy how something as small as a great gloss can help you feel like you have superpowers. This is a true story about her. So somewhere during this first year of podcasting, Proudfit's love of lip gloss has rubbed off on me like I was talking about earlier. I mean, I've been glossing it up for years, but never felt like it was really in any way a superpower. My feelings have evolved, guys. Yes. <laughs> One thing is certain. I am very particular about what products touch my lips. It cannot be sticky, short wearing, or overpriced. You hear us rave about Shine Cosmetics all the time, and their lip gloss is another win in their amazing product line. I second not being able to handle the tacky gloss. Shine's lip gloss is buttery soft, long wearing, affordable, and my favorite thing is the empowering and uplifting names they give all their colors. They are a brand that creates exceptional products to uplift and empower women to look and feel their best. These glosses will not disappoint. And while you're shopping online, be sure to check out Shine's incredible long-lasting lip liners as well to bump your gloss up a notch. Of course, everything you buy at shinecosmetics.com is always at least 10% for you amazing listeners when you use the code Becky at checkout. And there is always free shipping on orders over $35. Michelle, we are so grateful that you're here and we're really grateful that you feel inspired about a specific topic that is near and dear to all of our hearts. And so this is going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited to have that conversation with you. But first, let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself to those who are less familiar with you. Okay. Well, I also want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I love and admire you both so much and I felt so honored that you asked me, um, it's just fun to be here with you guys. The feelings are so mutual. <laughs> so much love. Big love fest around here. Yes. Okay. So my name is Michelle Shumway, and I, um, I'm i a mom of four girls and a boy in heaven, which I could share a little bit more about yeah. um, down the road. But Becky and I don't know that story. I can't so, believe I don't know that story. I can't yeah. believe I haven't told you. Yeah. So yeah. definitely go there. He was however. my last. He would have been five. So um, mm. yes. It was, I always have to mention him because he's part of the Because he's your Absolutely. child. Yes. Mm. Um, and then we have a swimwear company called, uh, my husband and I have a swimwear company called Rad Swim. We just you, have modest uh-huh. swimwear. You've seen You both know we're obsessed. Becky's You've seen Becky wearing. and I <laughs> take many pictures of ourselves in those cute red and black swimsuits. Our kids love them. We are... Rad Swim is our swimwear of choice. We absolutely love everything about it. The messaging behind it. You're such a gifted designer. My kids love Thank it. Thank you. I can't say enough good things about yeah. it. It's rad. Nobody it's rocks it better. Rad. You guys, Nobody seriously. rocks it better than Proudfit right here. Let's <laughs> just be honest about that. Both of that. you. <laughs> and we love, like everything that Becky said, we love Rad for everything that you stand for and everything that you're about. We know and trust that it's a like an Instagram account that my daughter can follow and it's clean and modest and awesome and fun and, fun and, and fashion forward Thank and you. Yes. all these things that 
you just created a space that I don't think existed really before you. And so thanks for doing that. For you just listed all of my kids. goals and thank oh, you for, for real? saying that. <laughs> oh, yes. good. I really do want to be a place where especially youth can go and feel inspired and uplifted, but moms as well. And even we start, we have kind of a boy following coming in and mm-hmm. that's great too. I think the more goodness we can put out into the world, the better. Yes. And with You're starting our that language. swim, that was really something that I felt strongly about. Yeah. And committed to that I would share goodness as much as possible with Rad Swim. So. I love it. Well, you're doing also, it, girl. those heart sunglasses. I get so many DMs <laughs> about does. those heart sunglasses. Really? I have Good. like six pairs because they're my absolute favorite. I have like one in every car area of my house. My girls love them. Those those heart sunglasses everyone DMs me about. Rad Swim. I am so glad they're my favorite too. But they look amazing on you. I've seen your they pictures. They do. She rocks yeah. them. I love them so much. So did you say it's happy. been five years? Is it about five years ago that you started the company? Or... Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Actually, um, I had the prompting to start Red Swim the same month I had a prompting to have a fifth baby, probably wow. within a week of each other. Wow. And it was one of the strongest promptings that mm-hmm. I've ever received. It was really just all at once. I knew I'm starting this modest swimwear company, and it was wow. totally out of the blue, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I knew I had to follow it. Wow. So You can't amazing. ignore that. You can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. And then I really feel like um, – Sometimes you just learn so much more in retrospect. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that with my fifth baby, I would be on bed rest for months. And um, I had him early. I had him when he was, well, I was 25 weeks pregnant. Mm. My water broke a month before that, and I was on strict bed rest, which is where I built Rad Swim because my husband had to do everything. He had to be the mom. And all these neighbors bringing us food, and it was all so wonderful. And I had this time to just lay there and think about what I was supposed to do. So... That's where wow. Brad Swim started. From a hospital bed. From, yeah, hospital. I was in the hospital Our, for a week when I was viable at 24 yeah. weeks. Okay. And then before that, just my home. But wow. in a bed. In a bed. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. And so will you tell us about your sweet son? Yeah. So um, at 25 weeks pregnant in the hospital, one day, one Sunday, the nurses came in and they checked for, uh, they checked his heart rate as they had been doing monitoring it. And they just said, you need to have an emergency section, emergency C-section right now. Call your husband. He's not going to make it. Just we're taking you back right now because he needs to be born. I had never had a C-section. So I was terrified. And you were all alone. My word. I I can't imagine how scary that was. It was so scary. But you know what the cool thing is? I called my husband. I said, they said, you're not going to make it. And he called their bluff and he drove as fast as he could and he made it. Go, Kyle. I know. So awesome. From the top of Suncrest to Provo, for those of you from Utah. And I don't even know how fast it was, but it was fast. He was holding my hand, emergency C-section, long story short, Rockwell, um, he had an infection from when my water broke, which is what they watch for. Right. That was too big for his little body. So after having several surgeries to get him breathing well, and he was in the best NICU ever, the best doctors and nurses ever, um, then they checked his heart and they said his infection is too big for his body. But it wasn't until after... I said a prayer before they told me that I had said a, a prayer to Heavenly Father and just told him that I would be okay if he needed to go back. I just had this strong feeling just to say that prayer. And within a half an hour, they said, it's time to say goodbye. And I was so grateful for that tender mercy that I had that little confirmation that I would be okay. Wow. And um, know that he's in my family forever. So we got to sing to him and... Um, just have our last little family moment with Rockwell and 
know that he's in our family forever. So that's a good feeling. And it's true. It and it's true. Totally true. What an amazing story. And I mm. think that is really the perfect jumping off point for what we're talking about today. Um, and I feel like this is a good time, Becky, and I felt like to clarify. Um, we're talking today about prayer. And we have mentioned this to you guys before, but we just want you to know how important prayer is to us. You just heard the most beautiful story from Michelle about about her being willingness to be open, right? To receive gifts and blessings from heaven that helped get you through probably the hardest moment any woman could experience on the earth, losing a child. That prayer open, opens the, the doors to opportunity and love and all these wonderful things, peace. And with the podcast, we've mentioned it, I think, but we want to make sure that we mention it again. We pray for you guys listening every time we record a podcast. We do not hit the record button until we pray. And we feel like that is symbolically opening us up to what you guys need. Mm-hmm. And we would ask that you guys do the same. We say it every week in the outro, but to, to listen to the little promptings and nudges you've had. And we would love it if you guys would pray before listening that you might be able to be open to receive the things that you need, the peace you need, the love, whatever that is. And whether you are familiar with praying and doing it all the time or if you've never done it, it's totally okay. There's no right or wrong way to pray, right? Right. It's There's a quote that's, prayer is your passport to heaven. Mm. And it really is just amazing to me that we can connect with the maker of the universe, that we have that ability. Yeah. And everyone does. You can pray from anywhere, anytime, mm-hmm. in your heart, in your mind. I mean, it's the most beautiful thing. And if we can just learn to use it the way we're supposed to, it changes our lives. It Haven't does. you heard from so. some people that they have had periods of time that they don't feel worthy to pray? Yes. And I think that's why yeah. I just interjected with everyone because I was feeling that reminder that we all know someone who has felt not worthy to pray. And I just, we want to tell you that that's just not true. You are always, always, you always have access to heaven. You always have that access to that direct communication with God. You just do. It's true. Absolutely. And I almost feel like that's when you need to pray the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that- totally true. I've had times where I have felt like, um, not, not necessarily unworthy to pray because I feel like I, I, research and love and spend a lot of time trying to um, understand my divinity and my worth. There are times, though, where I feel like the heavens are closed. And um, we've talked about this amongst ourselves, but where you kneel down to pray and you just feel like nothing, mm-hmm. right? Where you you have nothing to say and you're not feeling like you're getting anything. And those times, too, if you're feeling those, it's totally normal. It's part of the process. Mm-hmm. And sometimes saying prayers when you're feeling that is an act of faith. Absolutely. And sometimes you're being prepared for things. Um, but if you're in a place where you're feeling like prayer is just not filling your soul right now, keep going. Keep the heck going. Because I promise you, promise you, promise you, the heavens will open. Yes. The skies will part and you will receive what you need. But sometimes we have to be patient and as we all know, patience is not a virtue that I am blessed with. It's really not. It's something I seriously have to cultivate. And so I have to remind myself that what I'm doing when I pray is I am symbolically turning myself towards something else, turning myself towards the light. And the light is there. The light doesn't change. And I have to examine when I'm feeling that, am I truly opening myself to the light? 
or am I just going through the motions? And I, I have to examine that a lot. Have you guys had experiences with that? Of feeling like heaven's closed off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, or like kneeling yeah. down to pray and you're like, uh, absolutely. Having a hard time with this. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. But really, I feel like practice makes perfect. And I love what you said. You just pray anyway. And I would suggest um, practice different ways of praying even. Mm. Like if you feel like your prayer is not working. I love that. I learned after several trials so I also have um, two brothers and a dad on the other side I don't know if I've told you those stories yes the story is remarkable I really learned how to pray to access heavenly help because I needed it it was survival mode and one thing that I hadn't thought of until like I really really needed it was that when I pray now um, I imagine myself like reaching up to heaven like I'm looking obviously my eyes are closed and I'm looking down but my soul is reaching up to heaven so much that I can almost see my arms reaching up like I'm here help me and there's so much power I think when we can visualize that that it's an open communication and then um, after we pray to not just end the prayer and hang up the phone and go on with our lives you know but to keep the line open so maybe sit there after your prayer and meditate for a little bit and listen for what God has to say yeah and then um, in carrying that prayer throughout your day Make sure that your heart and mind are open to continued revelation for whatever Heavenly Father needs to tell you. So it helps me a lot to be in a place where I can maybe put some hymns on. So I have some instrumental hymns that I absolutely love, and I play them in my home um, just to receive more revelation and make sure I'm open to whatever I need to know. And it makes a huge difference. And I'll receive answers to prayers that I, I never even knew I was looking for until I put myself in a place where I could hear the answer. I love that. I want to represent those listeners who have a perfectionist um, tendency in their bones. I think she might be the perfect person to represent (laughs) that listener. Well, here's where I'm coming from. I, I, there are, there are a lot of people who have an all or nothing mentality. Mm. I'm not, I'm not all the time in every area of their life, but you know, there's different things that they just feel all or nothing about. And I for sure have struggled with this, you know, part of my, my, personality where there are certain things that I feel like if it can't be exactly how I want it to be, then I'm not good at doing it at all. And so in the context of prayer, please don't think that if you're not kneeling by your bedside, you have 10 minutes to pray. Then you sit and meditate and put on some nice music and listen quietly for 15 more minutes. And (laughs) and I'm being, I'm exaggerating of course, but Prayer can be can look like so many different things. And yes. so many of my most profound experiences with prayer have been driving while I'm driving. Yes. And and that's just one example. We mm-hmm. can all probably share lots of examples, but I just don't want any of us to have in our head that just because we're not doing it every single day or as regularly as we would like, or just because we're not kneeling by our bedside, or just because it doesn't look like we think prayer is supposed to look like, Mm -hmm. prayer is personal. It's Mm -hmm. whatever you need it to be to communicate with the heavens, with God, mm-hmm. and to keep that line of communication open, like you were talking about, Becky, and being con- try to be as consistent as possible, even if you're not feeling it, that the point isn't that you're going to feel something amazing every time. I promise you, it's not going to be that. It can't, like, okay, I shouldn't promise you. Maybe some people do something, have something <laughs> absolutely amazing happen every single time. That's not my experience, and most people I know, that's not their experience either. But the consistency of doing it is what breeds more opportunity to then receive. 
And you said revelation. That's not something that's probably very familiar to a lot of people. So maybe you could speak to what you mean by receiving things, answers, promptings, revelation, whatever you want to call it. Maybe speak to that a little bit so that you can help paint that picture. So I really believe that it's a two-way communication between us and God. And it's not just us telling him what we need or what we want or what we're grateful for, but he communicates back to us. Just like a loving father here on earth would communicate back to us. And I feel like I really learned that um, a lot. When I was younger, I used to feel like prayers had to be so formal and they had to have these certain words and I didn't know what words to use and it was kind of awkward. And as soon as I realized I can talk to Heavenly Father like I would an earthly father, just tell him my heart, just tell him how I'm feeling, just Mm -hmm. how I feel like he would want me to be able to express myself best. And then I can hear him speaking my language. Mm. Well, because then it becomes a conversation, Mm -hmm. right? I love that because when I'm trying to teach my kids about prayer, I tell them like, Heavenly Father's like your dad. When Mm -hmm. he picks you up from school, he doesn't just want to know like what your homework is. He wants to know how you felt and what your homework is and and anything that's on your heart and mind. He doesn't want you to just get in the car and be like, school is good. I have math. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes we do that is we think of... I mean, I'm speaking for myself, and I'm assuming a lot of people feel this way, is I think at the beginning, um, when I really started to to pray, I was afraid of offending God. Like, Mm -hmm. if I didn't use the right language, if I didn't have the right respectful body language, if I didn't, but it actually hindered me from opening this conversation. And being a parent myself, I will take any communication from my kids at two in the morning Bingo. when I have other things to do. Like yes. I want them to open and talk to me and I will completely just be so grateful for that. And I think Heavenly Father, he's our dad. Like above mm-hmm. everything else, he is our dad and he loves us mm-hmm. and he wants to know the good and the bad and everything else in between. And when I got out of my own head about what prayer was supposed to look like or supposed to feel like, I was able to begin an ongoing conversation, not just like a daily check-in, but I will tell you, one of my favorite places to pray is the shower. I don't know why. I pray and commune with Heavenly Father in the shower, and that seems like probably not the place people would pray, but really that is a place where I am able to receive and have that conversation because I don't want... God to be a figure that I check in with once a day and on Sundays. I want him walking with me through everything that I do. And that's what a real relationship is, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Is the people that are there for you and with you every day. I love that we're illustrating different examples of experience with prayer, personal experience with prayer in the car, in the shower. And you'll probably speak more to that, Michelle, because I I hope that people are feeling and and realizing or remembering that prayer really does look like it looks like different things. And we may we may see an image in our mind of what we think it's supposed to be, and there's just no supposed tos. And because you guys have both brought this up, I want to reemphasize language. I think that, that is, there's an intimidating feeling that there must be felt, right, by a lot of people in com- knowing that they're communicating with God or feeling like that's a possibility and knowing that they might get caught up in the these and the thous. Yeah. And really feeling like they need to use the language of the scriptures, for example, or whatever. It doesn't have to be formal. Don't worry about the language. I love that you both have shared about that because just having that communication with somebody who is there and he's just ready. He has so much to share with you, so much to reveal to you that you need to hear. And he's just 
waiting for you to ask. And so in, in our prayers, we have opportunities to not only express gratitude or spell our greatest fears and greatest desires and hopes and dreams, but really just having that communication line open in a way that allows us to communicate very honestly and openly. You know, that I can't think of the scripture reference off the top of my head, but that reminds us to go into our closets and pray. That's figurative and literal or whatever. I was going to say, it's sometimes whatever. that's seriously literal. When I can't find a quiet place, yeah. I'll totally go in my closet. My, clo- my closet is totally my prayer place. Yeah. So you can shut the door and turn off the light even and just en- envision what you need to. And oh, I love it. Have that quiet space. I also um, love the bathroom stall as a prayer place Mm because anywhere you are you can find a quiet place Mm. so I'll tell my kids at school if they're struggling because I I have an oldest daughter who struggles with anxiety a lot of anxiety and she'll text me from school I'm having a really hard time I just feel like crying and I love being able to tell her just run go into the bathroom during your class breaks and say a prayer he heavenly father hears you no matter where you are so and not only that and I love that I like I feel a lot of feelings when you say that because we all we're mothers here and we have these very tender feelings about our kids who struggle with so many different things and we just want them to know that we've got their back and that they're going to be okay and teaching our kids to pray and teaching them to understand and know that they are a child of God and he's got their back but to open that up so that you can access that communication with him it's critical for the kids to know this. And um, and thank you for sharing that because it's in those private moments that they can find if we can just teach them how to do that. And I wanted to add also that prayer doesn't have to look like even finding a quiet place. You can be at a concert mm-hmm. in the most chaotic, I'm making that up, but just in the most chaotic scenario and you can find a way to just, you don't even have to close your eyes, but to just, be still in yourself to offer a prayer that doesn't have to have any formal words because you probably can't even collect your thoughts in a chaotic situation, but to have a prayer in your heart that isn't this formal outline of, I thank thee for this and mm-hmm. I need help with this, but just, just talk to him. Like Becky said, he's just, it's an ongoing communication. He's there. Mm-hmm. He's listening. He has things to share with you. Um, so just, I think that experimenting, as you mentioned, Beck, experimenting with different ways to pray, different places, different times of day, different ways that it might look. Um, You know, we were talking about body language earlier, fold your arms or leave them open, open up your chest and put your hands up and let that feel like a more open way to receive whatever heaven has to offer you. Mm -hmm. We're trying to illustrate just different ways that you can do it. It's just not right or wrong, right? Right. I love that. And you know what else I love is that we can pray over big things or we can pray over the smallest things and that God wants us to pray about everything and he mm-hmm. hears all of all of our concerns. So I've had moments where I have questioned like is what I'm praying over too small? Is he really going to care about this? Right. I pray about my swimsuit designs every mm-hmm. time. I'll pray is what can I do to make this better and and that's when the thought has crept into my mind is this Something maybe he doesn't care about, but then I realize he does. He cares about the details of our lives, little and big, everything. Just like we care about our kids' little details when they come home from school and they say, I sat with this person at lunch. I want all the details. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I do think that there might be a misunderstanding for some that prayer does need to be about a big thing and that you really you reserve prayer for when you're desperate and you need help or you reserve prayer for when you just... Um, 
you know, you're struggling in some way. And you mentioned earlier that sometimes the most important times are to pray are when you truly feel alone or need that connection. I wanted to also go to the other side of the spectrum and say that sometimes when life is just working and it is so good, things just are working. Marriage is good. Family is good. Work is good. Friends are good. Money is good, whatever. Don't you feel like sometimes that's when people fall into complacency? Absolutely. And we forget to pray. I do think that there is a pattern with things like that where in those moments, it's so important to pray um, and thank Heavenly Father for everything that we have and uh, ask for the continued help and recognize that it's all from Him, that it's not our doing. All good things come from God. Mm -hmm. So We were talking recently, a a few friends, we were talking about how um, there's a a scripture that comes to mind again, reference, I'm not, that's my not my talent. I can't remember exactly where, where in the scriptures this is, but, um, where someone, maybe one of you will remember was asking the savior, what lack I yet? I can't remember the story, but we'll find it and we'll reference it in um, the show notes. But that's one of my, if you don't know what to pray about, let's just start with like one small way that you can just think of one thing to ask. And I like that story that again, we'll reference that I can't remember. Um, what lack I yet that keeps me humble and helps me to remember no matter if life is good or bad and where I am in that very bumpy road that is life. If I ask, um, God, like, what am I lacking right now? What he'll give it to me. What do I need to be doing right now that I'm not doing? Cause sometimes I, yeah, anyway, we, I think that sometimes we forget to just let our hearts be open and just say, Hey, nothing specific right now, heavenly father. But just like whatever you feel like I need, whatever you feel like I'm lacking at this moment. And I don't mean that I don't mean that to sound negative, like, oh, I'm just a terrible person and I stink and so like I need to I totally know what you're saying. What okay. she's saying is that what you're saying to Heavenly Father is I'm here. I'm available. I'm open. Teach me. Right? Say the line that you said the other day. Oh, that Heavenly Father cares much less about our abilities as he does about our availability. I love that. And so many things in life that are really great things keep us unavailable to be taught. And we've all met people, I'm sure, that it's really hard to communicate with because they just don't want to hear anything from anybody. Like they know everything already. And how often are we doing that in our own lives where we're like, I'm good, Heavenly Father. Everything's good. I don't need anything from you. Thinking that, you know, this is the way to do it. No, like we all need to be taught all the time all the time. And it's the most beautiful process. Can I connect some dots really quick and just tie something that you just said to something you said earlier, Michelle, one personal way that I'm working on improving my praying part of my life is on being more available in a way that looks like actual stillness after the prayer. And so that's something you mentioned earlier. And that's why I had to talk about the perfectionist thing, because it doesn't always look like that, but it's something that I'm personally working on that when I pray that I just sit still for a minute. And I mean, literally it could be 30 seconds or a minute. Like it doesn't have to be 15 or 20 or an hour, but I think that that's what, that's my personal way of showing God my availability. So I've prayed to you. We're talking. I'm trying to share my heart with you. And also, I'm going to be quiet for a minute because whatever you have to share with me probably won't be heard unless I sit still for a minute. And so that connects some dots from both of you. Very inspiring thoughts. I love that. There's one more thing I was thinking as you were talking about that um, that's so important. And it's when we have those moments where we do hear God's voice or 
prayers are answered, it's so important to document it and write it down. Oh, girl. You're preaching to the choir, Michelle. Right? We Please love that. Please expand upon that because, you know, yes. I like if I, if I open my mouth, I won't stop. So let's yes. hear from let's you hear <laughs> with your experience yes. in that. Well, I just started, I just had this thought come to me like a few months ago that I wanted to start a miracle journal and I wanted to write down when prayers were answered so mm-hmm. that I could remember, so that my kids could remember it's important to remember and it's so easy to forget. Do you remember, or do you, sorry, you just said miracles so in passing. Do you believe in miracles? I believe in miracles with all of my heart and I'm working to continue to build my faith to witness more miracles because that's how miracles come about. And do you know how you'll see more miracles? By writing them down. By documenting them. Yeah. Totally. And you by get, the way, yes. we also believe in miracles. 100%. Yeah. But when you get in the act of looking for things, looking for miracles, you're going to see. Like, it's like the universe unfolds to you and you get to see all these things that were always there, but we were just blocking ourselves from seeing them. Yeah. You and, know how you see what you're looking for? Yes. I want to see miracles. Yeah. So I'm going to look for miracles. And That's then if so I write cool. it down, then I'll remember. I'm like... So like my heart Becky's wants to like, burst I'm just going to start talking because <laughs> everybody needs a miracle journal. Okay, Everyone. So yeah. here's why you're so inspired, Michelle. I think that we have a lot of listeners who do love the idea of being a better documenter, journaler, whatever. And sometimes I think that the thought is so broad that they have this thought, I want to, I want to write my stories. I want to write in a journal, but I'm not sure exactly what to write about. Or they think that it's supposed to be this ongoing, like I today I did this and then this happened and then this, you know, chronology yeah. of events. What you're saying is so inspired because someone has just felt that that was the key to her success in documenting by choosing one thing. And it may not be miracles, by the way, but I love that your thought and your approach is with miracles. But for someone else, it might be, and I think we've talked about this before, just how have they seen God's hand in their life every day? Or for me, I try to keep journals with my for my kids, like things, little small things I've noticed about them that day. Two lines, not a big, big deal, right? But I think that you're totally inspired to keep a journal that is specifically about miracles that you are not only witnessing, but that you are looking for. Because you, how can that not enhance your experience? Not just in finding miracles and noticing them, but in your entire life, in every area of your life. Right. Imagine looking back at your journal of miracles and good things in your life and how that's going to change your perspective of your whole life. Yeah. Just Everyone do this right now. Wait, I have a question. And go to shopbeckyhiggins.com to get your notebook. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's fine. Okay, I no, have a question. Really, this is such a brilliant, brilliant, inspired Thing. Like, that's what we should be doing. Okay, sorry about Are you ready? Yes, go. So we're going to further demonstrate this because I have a question for each of you, okay? What is one time you have seen a miracle that you didn't recognize as a miracle until you started thinking about it or documenting or after the fact? As we both take a take deep a breath. Take a deep breath. <sighs> well, right away, I don't know if I finished sharing the rad swim story yeah finish that really it was I didn't realize that rad swim was a tender mercy right when I needed it yeah so after Rockwell died um, I had something positive to turn to I I wasn't able to raise my son right now Mm -hmm. but I Mm. I could start something else and that was rad swim and I just felt like that was such a blessing and I had no idea why I had no idea I'd have time to build it and that I wouldn't actually be raising Rockwell. So that was 
anyway that was like a miracle that came even before this trial like I love that God set that in your heart to to be something even before like he gave you that little piece before to get you through that situation and in the death of your son yeah that's so cool I think so often we look at situations like that and we're like that's such an awesome coincidence no it's not a coincidence these things are not coincidences they are expressions of love from God from your dad in heaven who wants to show you love and who wants to help you and and show you show you better ways I love that okay Beck you're on the spot so I was gonna say dang you I do a really good job of not crying on the podcast. You don't do a I? great job. Of I not do. Crying, so I'm really, I'm really like fighting a lot of emotion right now because I didn't know that you were going to ask that question. And I was thinking there's so many stories. There are so many stories that I could tell you, but one that I haven't really talked much about is our years of infertility and struggling to get our family started. And, um, and we prayed for a miracle. I knew I was supposed to be a mother. I knew it. I knew that I was supposed to raise these sweet spirits, but we were not getting pregnant. And and I had enough faith. We are faith people. Like we believe that everything will work out, but it's hard. And any of you listening who have been through that specific struggle know the yearning that it is to be a mother and to not have that blessing is really a unique challenge and also common it is yeah <laughs> by the way you're all in good company and i got you sister um but the miracle is this and i didn't see it until afterwards when we were going through and it was probably i mean we were married 7 or 8 years before porter came and porter is our ivf baby and most of you don't know that but in vitro fertilization um that we were able to have our miracle but that time that we weren't able to get pregnant resulted in a career that has been such a blessing to me um, and such a part of who I am as a person and so integral in my faith and my progression and the way that I've been able to connect so deeply with people around the entire globe. And that would not, I don't honestly think that that could have been possible to establish that had we started our family as soon as we wanted to. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And Have so, you ever like connected those dots or was like Michelle's story I, like... I had actually you because had. it's so something that, that even though I haven't shared it much and it's not because it's a secret, um, it's just, it's tender. It's really tender and it was so special. And honestly, I have had a hundred miracles since then. And so it's like, well, which one should I talk about now? Right. But, um, but no, I had recognized that. And I think that going back to prayer... And as we're talking about miracles and how it has to do with it, it has become so pivotal and so important for me that in my communication with God, that when I do experience miracles, like the moment I realize that that's why our family wasn't supposed to start yet. And these are the reasons why, and these are the people that I met and the things I accomplished that needed to be a part of my mission that I am supposed to fulfill, fulfill here. When I acknowledge that, but then specifically say those words to God and say, thank you. You know me, you know, my path, you've laid this out for me. And then we blend that with my beautiful agency that we all have, man, you're awesome. (laughs) It's like, you know what you're doing. It's almost (laughs) as if he has a plan for your life, (laughs) right? Almost. And you know what I love is he had a plan for everybody else's life because you are blessing lives with what you're doing. Yeah. Every one of us is every single one of you listening. It's the same thing. Your path 
and what you're doing and your agency and what you're choosing to do and how you're spending your time is directly blessing other people's lives. And now, Michelle, we have to turn the question on Becky. Agree? Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to share a miracle that's happened again and again and again and again and again um, in a hundred different ways during big trials, during small trials, um, which you, you know me, you know me, you guys, you've heard a lot of, of, of my story, but I think sometimes the biggest miracle is just being able to survive something you didn't think you were going to survive. And I'm not just talking about cancer, although I certainly saw it in that and other hard things that I've gone through. I'm talking about like when I had postpartum anxiety or when one of my children is going through something and it feels like my heart is just being ripped from my body, that I am able to exist in those circumstances of a million things that are difficult, big and small, and I'm able to physically make it through the day. I'm able to use those things to progress. Sometimes the biggest miracle is simply that you can exist in circumstances you never thought you could. And I have seen that so many times. And so if there's anyone out there who is just, I call it the pit of despair. When you get in the pit of despair because of something really hard going on or because you're dealing with depression or anxiety or any other thing that comes with this life, that there is a miracle that you're able to exist in that circumstance. And the fact that you're breathing and you're sitting or standing or doing whatever in that moment, it's a miracle that you're there because there is someone carrying you through enough that you can make it through that moment. That's beautiful. And And that's my favorite miracle. Well, and you know, when you're saying that, what it makes me think of is sometimes I think that we all take life for granted in general. Sometimes it's nice to sit still for a second and recognize the miracle that we are breathing. Yeah. Our hearts beating, our lungs are moving, the blood is flowing and that we are a miracle. I love to exist that. as a human being. I mean, that's a miracle, guys. But when is the last time that we've taken a minute to just recognize ourselves as miracles yeah. and to thank God that we have life? I heard, and I'm trying to remember who it was, so I'm not going to say who I think it is, but it was someone who was dealing with um, a really, really serious terminal illness. And they said that at the at the, at the end, when it was coming down to like, you're not, you know, I'm not going to survive this, that they looked at and would have done anything Mm. to have any single body on the earth. And it didn't matter what body it was, just a body to put their spirit into so that they could continue, continue in this life. And I think we are so quick to dismiss the miracle and the blessing of, like you said, just being able to be physically in our lives. And it's probably not something we have perspective about until that day comes when, when we when it's time to move on and we don't have that. Right? Just like I love that you said that just the act of being here is such just being alive. Yeah. I love you know the Megan Trigner song, mm-hmm. Oh, it feels so good to be alive. Yes. I love it. And that totally reminds me of that. Just what a gift it is to be alive and how beautiful every day is. It is. To not take that for granted. You're yeah. right. It's a total miracle. So Michelle, if someone um who's listening is feeling inspired that she wants to make prayer a more integral part of her life, where would you advise her to begin? With prayer. <laughs> I would say if you Do don't it, know how to pray, wh- pray how to pray. Pray yeah. how to pray. 
You can pray about anything. You could literally just stand there and say, I don't know how to do this. So I'm just going to start talking and help show me the way. There you go. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's the first step with anything is prayer. You've heard the saying, but first let me take a selfie. Yeah. No, no, no. But first <laughs> let me say a prayer. I love it. <laughs> that's so good. And then um, do you feel like that – I just keep thinking – Another thing would be make it make it a part of your routine. Don't just mm. make it a one-off. Yes. Just give it maybe like truly if it's been a while since you've made prayer a part of your life or if you've never prayed, don't just say the one prayer. Do it for a solid week. Do it for a solid block of time. We need to – we're going to articulate this. Yeah. We're going to do this. So actually studies have shown after 15 days um, something becomes a habit. Or becomes part of your routine. And the most often time to quit is at day 14 is when people quit because they're not seeing results. Hmm. So I am issuing a challenge, ladies. Are you on board? I'm issuing a 15-day prayer challenge. I love it. Bam. I am on board. We're going to do this together. And you guys, you don't know the numbers of how many people listen to this podcast, but we are in 53 countries. Hundreds of thousands of people listen to this podcast. All together, let's do a 15-day prayer challenge. Oh my gosh, back. That's I beautiful. love that. that can change I the world. I love that. Let's do it. I love that so much. I love that so much. And so w- whatever day this is that this episode it's, is going live, this yeah. is day one. Yeah. This is day one. This is day one okay. of the 15-day prayer challenge. Oh my gosh, I and love then that. Keep in touch with the three of us on social media and mm-hmm. we are going to be, we'll, we'll post about it and remind you, but 15-day mm. prayer challenge. Let's join together. Let's join together as women and let's let's pray. Let's pray for each other. I didn't know that you were going to do that. I didn't either. Of course. You know why? Because I have an open heart and I feel like that's what needs to happen. And we prayed before we recorded. And we prayed before we recorded. And so I really, really, I really believe that you received that as divine instruction to say those words. And, and because we haven't talked about this, you wouldn't have known that I would say this also, but I want our listeners to know that Michelle and Becky and I will also, dang it, (laughs) That we will be praying for you in our prayers. Yes. For 15 solid days. This is not just a once a week and we're praying about you before we record. This is we will sincerely pray for you, our sisters around the world, for you to find success in your praying efforts and to find joy through this journey because we need each other and let's boy each other up. And dang it, this is a hard episode for me. <laughs> like, and don't forget to document it yes. along the way. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, that is yes. absolutely right. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for that reminder, Michelle. Thank you. What should that documenting look like? What do you think people should do? Should they find the perfect notebook and it has to be $80? And, or should they find a napkin? Do you know what I mean? What do you think yeah. that that Whatever should look like? Whatever you can write on, yes. write on. If it needs to be a note in your phone, if it needs to be a little... Today, before I came, I had this thought, don't forget to talk about this thing on the podcast. And I wrote it down on a little teeny piece of paper by my microwave. I forgot the piece of paper, but it's still there at yeah. home. <laughs> and I have it, and I wrote it down, and I remembered to talk about it. Yay. So, well, and to that point, and I've, sa- I've said this many times before, and I want to say it again. If you take notes on your phone, if you write in a notebook, if you have a super expensive leather journal, no matter where you're recording the thing, you could never, ever see it again. But just the act of writing it down will impress upon your mind and a heart in a way that you will remember. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's great if we can have it in a place that can actually be preserved because if you want your family to see it one day or your future generations or whatever, awesome and that's a bonus. But really, it's just you, for you, 
taking the action, writing the thing down, whatever that looks like, that will change your life. Just write it down and don't overthink it. And so write down the things that you're praying about if you want to. Write down the miracles that you're seeing. Write down what your hopes and dreams are for, you know, especially during this 15-day challenge, this prayer challenge. I love that. I love all of this so much. Every single one. Small, big, silly, weird, seemingly (laughs) meaningless. That's what I wanted to say. I think sometimes (laughs) we hesitate to to write things down because we think they're meaningless. Get in the habit of writing it all down. Because you're going to be able to find meaning. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You may not know the meaning until down the road. Don't dismiss things as being meaningless because they're not. They're not meaningless. We are all here for a purpose. We're all here together for a purpose. And we need to be open. We need to be open, not just so we can know the things we're supposed to do, but so that we can receive the perfect, perfect love from a father in heaven, from a dad who loves us so much and is waiting to just give us that warm embrace. Michelle, thank you so much for shedding light on this topic that is tender for a lot of people and less familiar for some. And thank you for sharing your insights and your thoughts. And Becky, thank you for feeling so inspired to share that challenge that we're all feeling is exactly what we need to be doing right now as we join hands and be more collective in our nature of praying. I love it. I love both of you so much. I love you too. Thank (laughs) you so much for this opportunity and for shedding your light. I learned so much listening to you. So thank Thank you you so much friends and, and Michelle and Becky. And we thank you guys, each of you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you, as we've mentioned, to write these promptings down. And more importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on. And we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. at our cabin Uh I breathe in to talk and I'm like like I choke on dry air like it dries my whole throat out yeah it's the worst I'm like and I'm like coughing and I'm like I'm so excited I'm just coughing I'm sorry it's so awesome it's my nerdy side were you a nerd when you were a kid by chance oh totally you really were the nerdiest junior high kid you were nerdy so nerdy I'm not so picturing nerdy. that. I at need to all. show you. I'm picturing you. I'm being still the... so nerdy. My husband tells nerdy me all the time, "You're the best. You are so nerdy." Oh, <laughs> that, you I know love what? Nerds. Nerdy I people, love... I think, are the people that are in touch with like who they actually are. Totally nerds. I always. It was my a happy girls. time of life. I like. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Go ahead. Just Dorks like, make the, the best husbands the for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you can just learn like nerds to be okay with being a nerd then it feels good <laughs> it really does <laughs> then you embrace it because nerds yeah. have more. nerds have more fun we need to make that t-shirt nerds have, nerds more, have more fun <laughs> they really do let's make it it's true because they're way less reserved yeah. about stuff that doesn't matter yeah you know